Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. Welcome to the Tracks for the Journey podcast. I'm Larry Payne, your guide on a path of personal growth in spirit, mind, and body. In this program, I'll be sharing ways to improve your well-being with practical insight and inspiration. We'll follow the tracks made by progressive Christian spirituality, psychology, culture, and science. I've walked this trail for years as a pastor, hospital chaplain, and licensed counselor. And on this trail, there's so much for us to learn together. I invite you to lace up your hiking boots today as we explore tracks for your life journey. A few years ago, my wife and I visited the John F. Kennedy Library in Boston. The soaring modern building next to the harbor has galleries full of interactive exhibits about this inspiring president. I bought a copy of his Pulitzer Prize-winning book named Profiles in Courage. It highlights senators who made courageous choices to cross party lines or public opinion to do what they felt was right for the nation. He included in the book a Texas hero, Sam Houston, for opposing Texas secession from the Union prior to the Civil War. Courage is not just for a few heroes of political debates or even battlefields. Courage is important for all of us in daily life. Perhaps the first place we need courage is in changing aspects of our own life that hinder our well-being. We can find some of the help we need for greater courage by looking at the Serenity Prayer. The Serenity Prayer is known around the world. It's credited to Reinhold Niebuhr, a Lutheran professor and social activist who died in 1971. Millions can quote the first part of the prayer, which reads, God, give me the grace to accept with serenity the things I cannot change. As we studied in part one of this sermon, accepting some of these unchangeables in life reduces our anger and anxiety and promotes authentic health. This is a vital capacity that all of us must have to be spiritually well-adjusted. But not as many people can quote the second part of the prayer. This phrase asks God to also grant, quote, the courage to change the things I can, end quote. John Kennedy recognized ethical and political courage to advocate for change. We must also recognize that living as persons of spirit and character requires courage in everyday life. We must have the courage to change the things we can. Today we're examining the second phrase of the Serenity Prayer. The courage to change the things I can, is what the prayer says. Honestly, though, what can we really change in this world? 
We look around at a world plagued with global problems stretching beyond the borders of any nation. Hunger, violence, environmental destruction, inequality, war itself. Can any one of us truly make an impact on these giants that have brought suffering to every generation? And even closer to home, can we make any real difference? No matter how many social agencies try to do so, homeless people still drift along downtown streets. Crime rates may change a few percentage points, but houses are still robbed, women raped, and murders take place this year just like last. Even nature feels like a force that cannot be stopped, as the pandemics of history demonstrate. The skeptic among us might also challenge us to look at our own hearts. We listen to sermons, read the Bible, and pray. But all of us still struggle daily with anger, lust, jealousy, fear, or doubt. Is the prayer for change just some words that blow away in the hot wind of the unchangeable nature of mankind and the evil world around us? That is certainly the sense of hopelessness about change that lurks in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. In chapter 1, the voice of this lament says, quote, I, the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind! I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. To overcome this despair, though, the serenity prayer leads us to pray for courage to change. What is courage? We most often think of courage as an emotion, a feeling of confidence, power, and control. But that feeling is only the byproduct of courage. None of the persons profiled by Kennedy simply had a feeling. They did not quest for power to fulfill their ego needs. They took actions in public that demanded great personal sacrifice. No medal of honor has ever been hung on a soldier's neck because he felt confident as the battle raged. The medals given to recognize courage are only given to the ones who take dramatic action to save others. Courage is taking action. The outcome may be in doubt, but the act of bravery is visible to everyone. When we ask God for courage, then, we must understand that we're committing ourselves to make a choice, to do something, to act when others are mere passive spectators. This prayer is not a petition for God to act, but instead a vow that I will act. The Apostle Paul experienced God's courage in the midst of his last visit to Jerusalem. The stories in Acts, chapters 21 and 23. By this time, probably 20 years after his conversion, his reputation had preceded him to the city. He was a man hated by many zealots. When he went to the temple to worship, he was falsely accused of taking a Gentile into the court of Israel, reserved only for Jewish men. He was seized by a mob and beaten escaping death only when Roman guards rushed from the fortress of Antonio to stop the riot and rescue him. The next day, forty zealots swore an oath to assassinate him. How could he ever hope to escape such a situation alive? That night, while under arrest in a dark, cold military prison, 
Paul received a divine vision. It was Jesus in the vision saying, Take courage. As you've testified about me in Jerusalem, so you also must testify in Rome. The risen Christ was saying to Paul, Keep up your heroic actions of faith and witness. Don't give up in fear. I am with you, and I have a plan for you. So live today with unwavering courage. Let's explore more about what this means after a break. Let's explore more about how we can find courage to change the things that we can. In part one of this series, I talked about the unchangeables. I made a point that there were some things in life that we can never really change. These include the past, the choices of others, our own emotions, and our mortality. These are the givens, and we must accept them and build on the reality of their existence, whether good or bad. That fact would seem to say that change about critical elements of our life is really impossible. And certainly, we must accept these unchangeables, but that's not all the story. I believe we can confront even these unchangeables with unwavering courage. For instance, we cannot change the past. True. But we can courageously change our review of the meaning of the past. Each of us has the power to look at the unchangeable events of the past and decide how those will affect us now. Listen to the abused woman who breaks the change of her past and says, I'll not let what he did long ago control my life today. I'll forgive him and I'll move on. Listen to the paraplegic Iraqi veteran who's found new abilities to work and raise a happy family even from his wheelchair. His motto is, My past is a launching pad for new achievements. This type of unwavering courage frees us from being a prisoner of the past. No matter how bad your past has been, you can choose to review and rewrite what the past means for today. Let's think about the actions of other people. They are unchangeable. We can't control them. That's true. But we can courageously change our reaction to what others do. Here's the liberating truth. My emotions, my thoughts, and my behaviors are solely mine to choose. You influence me, that's right, but you do not control me. For instance, I have the power to choose my behavior, and I can resist the temptation to strike out in vengeance against an enemy, no matter how badly I was treated. Each of us has the authority to set our attitude in each circumstance of the day. Perhaps even to be positive in the office break room, no matter what job your boss has just given you. Each one of us has even the power to change our deepest thoughts. For instance, believing that I'm safe in God's hands, no matter the difficult challenges that surround me, even a pandemic. Wasn't that exactly the word of God to Paul when he was in that jail in Jerusalem? He was under the threat of death by evil men and a corrupt government, yet his heart filled with courage when he believed that Jesus would deliver him to witness for the kingdom. We can courageously choose our reactions to others and even our thoughts and actions every day. A third thing, we cannot change the fact that someday we'll die. That's true. 
but we can courageously choose our way of living each day. That's the power in Paul's counsel to the believers in Ephesus when he said to them, quote, Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, and put on the new self, created to be like God. End quote. A new way of life is possible for us. Tragically, we often sacrifice a better quality of life because we refuse to courageously change when needed. We cling to the old clothes of behaviors that produce unhappiness, frustration, and powerlessness. It's important for us to find the courage to change within so we can put on the new clothes of abundant living in Christ. Let's take a break and then come back to consider some more about the courage to change. During these difficult times in our world, many of us are experiencing anxiety, grief, broken relationships, and even depression. When these get heavy, it's important to reach out for support. And I want you to be aware of a great website that can provide personal care for you. BetterHelp.com provides confidential, online, licensed professional mental health providers. These men and women can meet all kinds of emotional and relational concerns. From the privacy of your own home, you can subscribe and be matched with a counselor who is trained to meet your needs. You can communicate with that person by video conference, email, chat, or phone from any device, anywhere you might be. The cost will vary. It's been my pleasure to be one of 6,000 licensed professionals on the BetterHelp counseling team. I've enjoyed working with dozens of clients, and some of them have said it's made a real difference. I want you to check it out. So please go to BetterHelp.com and see what a licensed professional counselor or psychologist can provide for you. Let's not neglect ourselves, even in these difficult times. As we return to think about courage and change, it may seem like that is really difficult. But researchers in recent years have shown that change is not as hard as we fear it might be. The process has been researched by many, and one of my favorite books is by James Clear. It's entitled Atomic Habits, and it gives some tremendous advice about how we can bring change to our lives. He writes that change can happen when we do four things. When we make the desired habit obvious, when we make it attractive, when we make it easy, and when we make it satisfying. Anyone can make change happen in their personal habits and lifestyle from just those four powerful steps. I'll post a link to his book on the Tracks for the Journey Facebook page. And perhaps in the future, we may explore this in more detail. Change does take courage, but we can do it. Now, we've mostly been talking about change with personal things, our habits, our thoughts, and our attitudes. And we can neglect something very important. Reinhold Niebuhr, the author of this prayer, had a slightly different version than what we usually see printed on plaques or in the AA Big Book. 
His preferred version said in this second phrase that he was asking God to give, quote, the courage to change the things that should be changed, end quote. Now, this is a much different request. It opens our eyes to ask, what should be changed in myself and in the world around me? The prayer becomes, with this idea, more than just an individual journey. It becomes a plea for the courage to stand when things are wrong with our neighbor, our community, and our world. This prayer may open our eyes to the desperate need for integrity in public office holders and corporate leaders. We've come to accept the easy lies that politicians and CEOs say to cover themselves in their press releases, hiding their unethical practices. Perhaps our eyes need to be opened to take an action about such things. This prayer could also open our hearts to the struggle of the poor and the marginalized for the basics of food, water, health care, and education. Today there are actually a billion people, one billion people around our planet, who do not have what we take for granted as the basics of life. Perhaps this prayer is a way for God to open our act of courage that could make a difference. This prayer could also open our eyes to the discrimination that pushes down women, minorities, the disabled, and LGBT persons as second class. Now, as I speak to you today, I'm white, male, straight, and educated. I can easily go through this culture because I've always had the right tickets, the privileges of being connected to power. But for those who are on the margins, the culture continues to harbor bias and exclusion, even death itself. To be honest, the Christian community is a driving force behind some of this inequality. Perhaps this prayer would open our eyes to say, God, what should be changed in this world? To pray this part of the serenity prayer promotes anything but serenity in our lives. It may actually bring profound discomfort as we recognize who we have ignored in our world and how our eyes have been blinded. Courage is truly needed to remove my own self-focus and to begin advocating for change. A few weeks ago, my church hosted a dinner for the Persian students on the college campus. Hundreds of students at this Division I school are from Middle Eastern countries that have been labeled as suspicious by some American authorities and by some in the Texas community where I live. We wanted these students to know we saw past the stereotypes to honor them as persons just like us. It was a great evening of exchange and friendship. Just a small gesture, yes, it just took a few hours. But it spoke to the negative attitudes that should be changed. The evening opened some of our eyes as Americans and some eyes of the Persian students to bring delightful conversations and understandings. So where is the courage needed to change in your life? Is it with those ghosts of the past or the whispers of others? Is it with hurtful behaviors of today or the surrender to the plans of God? Courage is action, and we can connect with Christ for courage.
I began our episode today talking about the John F. Kennedy book, Profiles in Courage. Those who followed Kennedy actually established a Profile in Courage award that would recognize a global citizen who's acted with that same type of courage. It's continued across many years to recognize those kind of people that we can emulate. I know you've never heard of Lima Gbui of the African nation of Liberia. When she was just 17, a brutal civil war erupted in her African nation, bringing to power a tyrannical, cruel, and evil regime led by Charles Taylor. For years, Taylor and his military terrorized the people, murdering thousands of opponents, raping women, starving the people, all for their own gain. The nations of the world universally condemned all of this, but no one had the courage from within to challenge him. That's when Lima stood up. She first formed a prayer network of women. Then she and her courageous friends went to the refugee camps and began to feed the starving. They demanded peace talks to stop the war. They met daily in the markets to pray, sing, march, and agitate for peace. At first, the regime tried brutal repression against these women, but that only brought more joining the cause. Then the regime tried to ignore them. That's when Lehman organized a protest like none before. On a day that year, she brought 2,500 women together, all dressed in white, to march on the presidential palace. It was ringed with soldiers, hands on their weapons. But Lima and her women marched on. Through the gates, a wave of praying, singing, female courage that did not stop until they were face to face with the tyrant. They forced him to join the peace talks that eventually stopped the war, drove him out of power, and brought the election of the first female head of state in Africa. Courage to change that began at the altar of prayer. It is a human embodiment in our century of this serenity prayer. The John F. Kennedy Foundation chose Lima as the Profile in Courage Award recipient for 2009. Courage. Each of us can bring new power and well-being to our life by acting with courage to change the things we know should be changed. And be assured, God is working in that step of faith. In our next episode, Tracks for the Journey will return to the subject of resilience. Each of us knows that we're on a journey through life. And in the first episode concerning resilience, I spoke about how accepting our unique self and seeking an ultimate goal provides the ability to bounce back from the hard times. But there's more to resilience. There's a secret source of power for our endurance. So I hope you'll join me for the next episode entitled Stronger Together. I want to thank you for joining me for this episode of Tracks for the Journey. I'm Larry Payne, your podcast host, Tracks for the Journey is produced at Bright Star Studio on the high plains of West Texas, all rights reserved. 
Original music is provided by Howard Harper Barnes through Epidemic Music. The podcast is distributed by Buzzsprout. Please visit the Facebook page, Tracks for the Journey, to learn even more. I welcome you to follow the page and enter the discussions. And if you liked what you heard today, subscribe to the podcast, share the link with a friend, and rate it wherever you get your podcasts. I would also enjoy hearing from you. And you can reach me by email at the address trackspodcast at email.com. Let's keep making tracks on our journey of well-being.